This is the Grind, Sell, and Elevate podcast by Tizer Evans, where we do a deep dive on how to stay driven, how to be a top-tier salesperson, and how to elevate the quality of your life. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me on Grind, Sell, and Elevate today. My name is Tizer Evans. Today I'm going to be talking with Margot White who is really sought after in the copywriting space. So she's one of the best in the business. Copy is something that's extremely important to have a good copy person on your marketing team. So we dive into why copy is so important, how she's able to build her business, the things she's learned as an entrepreneur, and the things you should be looking out for when it comes to copy. If you guys haven't done so, so please subscribe to my podcast. We really appreciate it. Drop me a five-star review. Leave me a comment. It makes it easier for other people to find it. Share across all social media platforms. Tag me at Tizer Evans. And if you want to work with me, head over to TizerEvans.com. We can do some one-on-one sales consulting and coaching for you to get your sales game to the next level. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Margo. everybody. Uh, this is Grind, Sell, and Elevate. I'm Tizer Evans. I'm here with Margot White today, who joins us all the way from St. Petersburg, Russia, which is, she was just telling me is a beautiful city, but she is the CEO of Financial Intelligent. Margot, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Tizer, for giving me a, an opportunity to join. I'm really happy to talk to you and be here. Yeah, no, thank you so much. So why don't you just for... Um, context purposes, explain who you are and what you've done and what you're doing so the audience knows exactly a little bit more about you. Sure. I'm uh, basically a copywriter for entrepreneurs and I'm number one in my niche because, you know, I'm kind of a, a blue ocean person in that case. So uh, what I do is I teach entrepreneurs and business people do their homework regarding the content strategy and everything before outsourcing that. And it's a huge problem on the market right now because uh, when it comes to content strategy, people are looking for um, general, you know, freelancer or just in-house person uh, to give that everything to them. And what I heard a lot of times in my life is, uh, oh, I, I, I just want to find one person to give it to and I don't want to, I, I don't know anything about it and so on and so forth. So uh, what I'm trying to explain uh, generally now to, to, you know, large number of people is that you can't outsource you know, your million dollar, uh, I don't know, $10 million mindset to a person you know, who's making 15 bucks an hour. And this is, uh, this is not the way to do that. You need to build a strategy. You need to define your business, define your customer avatar, and you have no right to say that you don't understand anything in that. So you kind of build the skeleton, you shape it, and then you can outsource all you want. So uh, after you have the structure built, uh, then it becomes uh, really easy to outsource. Even I outsource my content, I don't write 24 seven. But at the same time, uh, every person uh, that you will hire now or in the future, they will have the structure that will allow them to uh, be consistent in their message, in your messaging. Don't uh, issue mixed messages, which we hear, uh, we see a lot on social media nowadays, and you can basically see that as well on your in your newsfeed. 
and get the results uh, with your prospects and customers. Get that deep connection that, uh, you know, grows over time and makes them stay. I love that. Um, I think that copywriting is very prevalent. I did not realize that it was like a real niche and genre until I started listening to uh, Tom Bailu, who's, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. I loved him. Okay. I right. love him. He's he had Quest, and then he mm-hmm. made it Tom by Billy or Bailu. I say I still. I don't know. Get, I, I I'm, not, I'm not sure <laughs> either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, go on. No, oh, no. I was just saying that you know he talked about having uh, his when he started working with the two guys that he teamed up with to start quest, yeah. he started working for them as a copywriter. And that's like what he did. Cause exactly. he, went to, he went to film school and whatnot. And so that's what he thought was going to be his thing. Um, and so I was kind of like, what is copywriting? And so that had me start to look into it more. And I was said, yeah, th- this would seem to be important for, for a Absolutely. business to make sure that their messaging is very consistent, it's attractive. But one of the first questions when I went to your website, which I love, I love your video that you shot uh, on, you. On, on your website. I was like, I was on thinking- On the horse. I know, I was like, I was like, she's on the fucking horse. And I was like, how many times did she have to reshoot this? Because if it were me, if I fuck up once, I gotta start over. I'm like, but now I've got this horse, I gotta bring in on the video, you know? So did you shoot, is that, was that one shot, one kill? Let's be honest. Of course, of course not. but i'm but i'm a rider so i enjoyed that and my horse enjoyed that but because he had a very calm ride that day i didn't you know overload him with all the tricks and uh, things that we usually do so yeah i mean it was one hour (laughs) okay no it was it was a great video but i was one of my first thoughts i was like there's no way she got this in one take no um (laughs) but i wanted to one of my first questions i wanted to ask with going to your website that intrigued me is Hmm. what do you consider as old school copywriting oh uh well that's a great question uh and uh, I consider that uh, when people actually took care of every word they said in in newspapers or everywhere else, because it was a very high priced and uh, you should have taken care of your messaging a lot because every word cost you like a lot of money. Nowadays, with social media and email marketing and everything else, people stopped caring about uh, the messages that they give out. Mm. And uh, they think that it's free to share a social media post. It's free to send out the email to their uh, subscribers. So let's share this. Let's test this. Let's test that. And they don't understand that it actually, I'm not against testing, but you have to be consistent in your message because if you're, for example, sharing the message that you're that aggressive, motivated person, then don't go calm once in a while, you know, here and there and stuff like that, because people go like, okay, I have connection with him. Okay, I don't. Okay, I have connect. Okay, I don't. So uh, what, uh, what that ends up doing is uh, people consider that content fake. Because if you're not consistent in what you do, then um, you know, that means that you're trying to win their business and it's not who you are. And, you know, you're in the insurance business. Uh, these guys can read you better than anyone else. And especially in messages, uh, I mean, 
they all do due diligence before they meet you and stuff like that. So I think that um, people just, uh, you know, forgot the fact that you cannot treat your uh, prospects as a trash can, like throwing everything in there and hoping that one day something grows up from there. No, that's not the way. So old school copywriting limits you from doing that. Every word made sense. And that's my message. I like that. Yeah, you, you be articulate and accountable and measurable with every word that you use in your messaging, as opposed to just writing a bunch of different content and seeing what sticks. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether you're writing an article or you're writing an email or just writing a social media post, that uh, once again, that skeleton of your content strategy should be there every single time. Yeah, I like that. And we don't wanna dive more into that, but I'm just curious, what about writing and copywriting like, just you know you love that you're like i got to make this my profession <laughs> well I, I i i've been writing for for a very long time and after i closed my business what, what's a very long happened, time you're like 22 margo what, what's a long time i uh, know no i'm 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 kind of 33 <laughs> <laughs> i'm just teasing you <laughs> yeah thank you so um i've been writing since uh, i was probably 12 or something and plus my mom is a journalist so it's kind of family thing so uh a couple of years ago, like five years ago, I had to close my business um, and I decided to start from scratch in a different sphere because I was in all this financial sphere and I was so stressed all the time. I don't know how you handle it, <laughs> but I, I've decided to do something that uh, it's not just uh, that I love, but what makes me really, really calm and that happened to be writing. So I started uh, working with these clients. Of course, I wrote by myself for them in, in terms of you know creating copy, creating strategy and so on and so forth. And uh, well, that happened to be you know, a really good copy for them. And we had the, those results and I developed. But what I mentioned on this market, whether it's a, a huge company or a startup, once again, they were telling the same thing. I want to find a copywriter and outsource that. And what I did differently from any other copywriters on the market is I made very deep sessions with them. And I tried uh, to ask them the right questions to get that, uh, you know, uh, thing that I've lately called content DNA, which is the unique strategy uh, that is ba uh, based on you, your business and your customer avatar that you want to work with that cannot be copied by your competitors. So mm. instead of them sending me over this, I here's the example, I want to do like this. I said, no, you don't want this because you're not that company. You're not that person. You need to have your unique message and uh, that's how I basically got Fortune 500 companies in less than a year uh, because they, uh, the word of mouth, you know, it's, it <laughs> travels here and there. And um, so I have decided to make it a thing and then go on the wider market and just explain that it's really easy if you ask the right questions. But most people don't. And it's a good thing that you guys are listening to the show because most of your competitors are not asking those questions, but you will. <laughs> no, I, I, well, I agree because, you know, coming from a sales perspective, one of the things that I've done well as a salesperson, but 
companies don't do well and salespeople don't do well is having a key differentiator. And that has to be consistent always in your messaging. And so, you know, I, and I, I will dissect the, the company I, I'm working for, you know, between me and my wife, we've had five companies, right? So it's, we're always looking like what makes me unique. Yesterday I was getting pitched by a different company, which was great and they have a great product, but I was like, what's your differentiator? Like you have to invoke yeah. emotion. Like what's your story? Right. So and that comes a lot through great questioning. So I want, I want to get like, when you go through this process, what type of questions are you asking someone about their brand and how do you start to look at cultivating a story to grab uh, other people's attention? Well, the big picture of that is defining you and your uh, business. Uh, the second stage is defining your customer avatar and anti-avatar. And I'll explain what that means because no one does that. Good. And third is. Is creating, uh, and third is creating your content strategy and um, the unique message, unique uh, uh, heater, unique goodbye, unique everything in the middle, your list of words that uh, only, not only, but you use in, in uh, your message. So the key here is uh, once again, going back to the issue, the key is to be consistent because people love consistency. Um, so each of these elements, they form that uh, DNA, that content DNA that will be very difficult to be copied by your competitors or um, you know, in any way stolen from you because only you can set that connection. There's a you factor in your content. So it's not just your product, you factor. That's where everything starts from. Mm. What kind of person you are, what kind of energy you have, what do you stand for? This is the first question I ask people uh, when, when I started working with them what you stand for and i go like okay this this talk is confidential so we're not recording but tell me what you stand for really truly and they make a list of things and i figure out that lots of people on the market stand for the same things and you know because i'm trying to explain to them that uh, although the product that you're offering may be just amazing but there is a difference between having clients on the market and raving fans. And I've been talking mm. about that before, that uh, no business can survive at five-year or 10-year mark without raving fans. You can have the best product on the market, but the, you know tomorrow some, some person will get on the market with a lower price or better condition. And if you're, uh, you don't have the tribe of raving fans they will switch to that just because of the price but when you have this deep connection created through your your content and through the connection points that you have beyond your product then in this case at least your prospects and clients will think twice before doing that and we can see that uh, that happening on the market every single day that price doesn't matter that much anymore mm -hmm but personal attitude matters because um, not everyone does that. And if you look at your social media while scrolling it uh, every morning, very few companies try to go personal and try to really care what is going on in your mind while you're scrolling that. They're so narcissistic about their product, about their story, about, uh, yeah, 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 let me tell you this, that 
you you don't feel any connection to a, basically a, almost any product that you use today. So I'm trying to change that. I, I love that. There's so much to unpack, but you know, sticking on what you were just talking about, I can only speak from personal you know reference. But I, I mentioned I just left a prior company I've been with for four years in insurance, right? Going to a mm-hmm. uh, new company. This is the thing that like people don't realize about the insurance industry. It's all relationship based, right? And so I, I hit up one of the I hit up one of the, the guys that I work with. And I said, hey man, just FYI, I'm jumping ship. Uh, nothing against the last company. They were great, but I'm just want to learn different avenues, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, no problem. I've got three uh, opportunities that I was going to put with you at this company. I'll save them for you for the, your new company so you can get a kickstart, right? Like he had no loyalty to the company. He had only loyalty to me, but that's because that the last company did a terrible fucking job of constructing loyalty based on their branding. And I did an excellent job of creating loyalty as a salesperson. And, right. And so that's where a lot of companies miss it. If you can be able to create a story that invokes emotion and they're bought in to the, to the company, they don't switch allegiance when a sales reps leave, right. Or when ownership changes. And I think that's what you're really talking about. Absolutely. And also that's a beautiful story, by the way, that you told. I love that because that's exactly what happens. I mean, see you switch the companies, but it doesn't matter for your, for, for, for your friend. Uh, well, the fact is you can create that with content as well. Um, and whether our listeners right now are uh, companies uh, involved in insurance or insurance brokers, individuals, uh, it doesn't matter. You can build that for yourself or for your company. Treat yourself as a company. That's, that's all I can say. And your personal brand, Tizer, is so strong that uh, it doesn't matter where you will go. People trust your choice because they know you. It's not that, of course, no one will cooperate with crappy companies, right? But they don't even ask you, uh, question your choice because they trust it. They know you and um, they know that you will not settle for anything but the best. So uh, this everything can be created once again with your messaging and your content in your social media, in email marketing and other spheres, if you don't have this personal interaction with people as well. Because how many times have we chosen some, you know, uh, famous person that we trust, although we never met them. And if someone says that he's an idiot, we start defending him. Although once again, we never interacted with, uh, with, with him. So the same goes, I mean, you, you can be that person in, in business and that's everything once again, because of that connection that people feel with you because of that similarity. The problem of nowadays is that so many businesses hide their personality for different reasons. Is there I, I don't know, there's a psychological reason. They don't think that they're valuable. They don't want to stand for something like create these brackets uh, because they think that uh, they will uh, lose some audience. Well, <clears throat> that actually moves me to another topic, which is customer avatar. You asked about that. Well, customer avatar is clearly defined a person that you want to work with. And I usually start not with customer avatar, but with anti-avatar. 
because it's very difficult to describe the person you want to work with, but it's not difficult to describe the person you don't want to work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's where we start. In uh, in hate, there is also love, right? right? Yes. And so, um, <laughs> so um, uh, describing anti-avatar means uh, setting those criteria for yourself that even if that person will have all the money in the world, he will, he or she will never be able to buy your product. And you can't even imagine what kind of uh, magic happens when people and companies define their anti-avatar and they're very strict in it saying that, okay, you, not only should you have money, but you should do this, 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 and this. And people later who come to be your clients, they feel like part of the tribe as chosen ones, although your criteria might be uh, kind of, uh, you know, quite specific and many people can fit it, but many people can't. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not about, it should not just be about your price and uh, affordability and insurance. Uh, I love this analog because there are lots of cases when people can afford your product, but you, you talk to them, you figure out you don't want to work with them, right? Yeah, 100%. So it's interesting, you bring up price, and I want to get into the anti avatar, because I really like that a lot. But, you know, one of the things that salespeople do too often, in my opinion, bad salespeople is they always default to price, and it's always the lowest common denominator. You know, if, if you're if you're selling just based off of price, there's zero loyalty, because they will change just as fast as they did to you to somebody else. But a lot of times that's like the default mechanism. You know, I, I have people all the time will, will come to me, hey, can we knock, you know, $200 off this deal, $1,000 off this deal? Sure, we can, but what are they not appreciating about the value you've already gave them? Because if you did your job correctly, we're not talking about price. They're buying right. because they're bought into the story. They're bought into the company. They're bought into the value that precedes the price. And, and too many often salespeople just default to that. So I think you hit that right on the head and defining an anti-avatar helps salespeople because then they know who they should stay away from. Yes. And, and yes, companies do absolutely. not do that. So I love this messaging. Uh, not only should they uh, should your internal stuff know that, but you should define that in your content. It's not just like listing, uh, you know, qualities that you don't want to see in your potential uh, clients or prospects. Uh, the thing is, uh, you need to slip it uh, in your messaging, in your content, so that people wouldn't think that money is the only thing that um, actually motivates you. And um, well, when I have this conversation with my clients, uh, the first reaction, of course, is we're going to lose uh, part of the market. Well, guess mm. what? You're not, because you will attract the clients that you wouldn't attract another way. For example, I myself have very clearly defined criteria. Uh, even if the company can afford, very few companies can afford actually my services, but even if they can afford my services and consulting, that's fine, but I'm only working with the owner of the company, not CEO, not CFO, I don't care, I'm working with the owner. Why? Because not because of my ego or something like that, but because only the owner knows why he established this company and uh, where does he want to lead that? And if I will be working with someone who just is there on the salary, he doesn't have the same mindset. Mm. 
So I will not be able to deliver my best results to this, you know, uh, to this company if I don't talk to, to the owner. So uh, that's my criteria. And I have a couple of more, a uh, couple more, but even if the company comes to me and says, I'm paying you, but you cannot, you know, uh, talk to the higher management. Well, you know what? <laughs> I can't help you. So it's kind of no in my case. So that, uh, that no should be defined for every single company and every single person, even if you're a broker and not, not just your company, but yourself, because that's what, once again, your, your prospects and clients who then later become, you know, part of your tribe, they feel right. uh, really in a, in a different way. Not that you fall in love with every single person who walks into the room, but you're choosing, right? So uh, mm -hmm. that's basically, that's what anti-avatar is all about. It increases the sales so much and it allows people, uh, individuals to go another higher level. Yeah, no, I love it. And that's actually one of the things that I plugged to my new company. I can't, I can't talk about it too much, but one of the things that we, we talked about a lot about when I was interviewing for them was they were like, we have very clear, clear and defined prospects that we target that align very well with our business. And like, we don't go like, you know, omnipresent, you know, we have very defined with people who we want to, and then we target, we build the org chart and, and we go after the, the those people and provide value for them. Uh -oh. We got some, uh, Oh my God, I have two dogs too. No, it's good. They're sleeping. They're I'm, sleeping I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if we're going to edit this or not, but that's uh, not. No, no, don't edit. No, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> let it roll. Let it roll. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the things that I, I wanted to, to stick on this though is how do we, or how does a company look at defining how to uh, invoke emotion? Because I feel like that's kind of the essence where you get people bought into the story or into their mm. brand is right, like how else do we start to do, get them to feel this sense of loyalty and consistent messaging? Are there kind of steps to identify to see how we start to get people to identify with us on, on, a, on a more primal level? Oh, well, yeah, the first step is to give them every one of their thoughts. And this is the key strategy because uh, we're living in an age where people are so obsessed with sharing their thoughts yeah, that we, we hear all these mixed messages like wake up at 5 a.m., eat this, uh, work out, uh, I don't know, swim, uh, you need to meditate, you need to do this and that. And our minds are already overloaded with all the advices in the world on the products we, we should use, on uh, the services that make our lives better, and et cetera, et cetera. So every person, including you and me, have the BS factor. Uh, you know, that uh, scans basically all those messages. And the only uh, time that BS Factor runs low is when uh, the company is giving me every one of my thoughts, not theirs, mine. Mm. So uh, I loved how Joe Dispenza put it in one of his books. He said, this is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh, he, he's a neuroscientist, something. He's uh, studying the brain. And he said that uh, we have 65,000 thoughts a day. And he made this huge number of experiments. And he figured that 95% of them is what we had yesterday. Mm -hmm. So 
the new thoughts, they're only 5%. So you, you have only this 5% gap in a person's mind to get it, get the idea that he or she needs your product and et cetera, et cetera. But here's what, here's what happens. In fact, most people live in their past. So you need to catch their past thought and that's where they will start paying attention to what you're saying. And it doesn't matter whether your uh, greeting will be one sentence or something or, or your message is like 30 second read or 30 minute read. They will pay attention when you're giving them their thoughts and not yours. But to do so, you need to get obsessed with your customer avatar. You literally need to go on Amazon reviews, uh, on every single review you can find. You should add them in, into your friend list. You should befriend them and have this very, very friendly conversations without selling anything. And also in terms of, uh, and, and the owner should pers personally get involved in that process. Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I just remembered uh, during, this, um, uh, during these days that uh, Jeff Bezos uh, is answering his, uh, you know, uh, emails from, 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 their, uh, from his uh, clients on his own. Of course, no one knows that it's Jeff Bezos, but he is doing that one to two hours a day. He's a billionaire. His time is so valuable, but he sees value in communicating and seeing that with his own eyes. So he catches that uh, trends and everything early and he gets the value from uh, that communication with, their, uh, with his clients. So that's exactly what every business person should be obsessed with. No, I think that you're dead on. And I love, I didn't know that about Jeff Bezos. But it does make sense that well, and what you see often within organizations, especially if the owner or the founder is still around, is typically they get very detached from the business day to day. And to your point, I can understand why you'd want to meet with the owner, not a CEO or a COO or a CFO, because yeah. they had it in their mind why they were going into business to serve a particular type of person or, or customer. And that messaging can get lost over the years as organizations start to grow. And if, if your ground troops don't have a common sense of mission, they don't have a common sense of purpose, then they can't deliver a value to retain customers for life. Exactly. Right. Um, so I, I'm just curious though, what do you find uh, most difficult about copywriting? Oh, um interesting uh, probably the research uh i mean if i i'm i'm, I'm kind of uh, einstein you know if i had one hour to save the world <laughs> i would spend five, 55 minutes thinking about it so <laughs> the same goes <laughs> yeah i'm done doing uh the thing is yeah the research job takes uh it it may take somewhere from uh hours to weeks and months uh, and uh, the research, it depends on the scale of the company uh, and how deep uh, once the owner, to, I mean, uh, deep we dive in, into the customer avatar. But 
one is the research and second it's a routine work really really climbing all those websites and mm -hmm. figuring out those commands and stuff and you know what i was trying to outsource that uh, outsource that years ago to my assistant i really tried and it was a very very easy job just to collect the valuable um reviews on amazon or uh kind of you know once again it was insurance fear and we needed to collect those reviews on from insurance books to find out what do people uh you know look in what they're trying to learn in those books what is important to them so it's not it was not just about uh writing an insurance book it, uh, it was more of what they want to learn from those books so she collected that to me and she did a great job but i didn't understand anything but and it was not valuable for me so that's when i figured that there is a work uh, that you cannot outsource and there is a work you can outsource so writing for me after i defined that everything and i defined the message and everything writing for me is a job i can outsource Mm. But research up till now, I swear, I, it, I cannot outsource that because only I see what uh, <laughs> only I see what is necessary for that um, uh, for, for, uh, in terms of information. Wonderful. And how have you gone about scaling your business and attracting new clients? You'd mentioned working with Fortune 500 companies, which I've had the pleasure of working for a, a few myself. Uh, but how do you go about attracting those high ticket, high volume type of clients? Oh, I never find anyone. They find me. So I have uh, now I have the six month waiting list. But if you want to know how I got into this is because uh, after I closed my business, I didn't have any money, just to be clear, okay? I took a part-time job that was not connected to copywriting at all, uh, and I started developing my business. So in my part-time job, I was told what to do and so on and so forth. But the thing is, I was never told what to do in my main uh, business in copywriting. Mm -hmm. So I, was, I had clearly defined criteria from the very beginning, and I didn't care that I, didn't, uh, I don't have those clients yet and I was so consistent in my message and that people start paying attention like who the hell she is mm, the thing is I had this everything backed up with very strong background in financial sphere Mm -hmm. uh, and I spoke their language. I started with financial world, uh, again, writing for them. So uh, I understand their language. And it was so easy for me to talk to CEOs and, and owners that, you know, um, once again, the secret sauce of, of all the activity is it doesn't matter how many clients you have. If you let your guard down at least once in your business, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> it will be very difficult for you to get back up. So uh, going back, I mean, I once again, I took this part-time job to make the living, but I never allowed anyone uh, in my business that didn't fit my criteria. And my criteria was uh, large businesses from various perspective startups with millions of dollars of financing and so on and so forth. So... Oh, that's why, that's why I'm trying to tell people that you don't have to start small. Right. If you want to start small, uh, go have a part-time job and don't, don't do that in your business. If you're not uh, confident about opening business, work as much as you can 
uh, for smart guys, for smart people like you, for example, uh, take a mentor uh, and learn everything before you're confident to open business. But once you go there, never back up because mm -hmm. people feel that. And people nowadays, they want to get the best. They don't want to get average. They want the best. Burn the boats, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, I'm just curious, did you have any mentors that helped you in this space or just a lot of it just uh, personal, just kind of development trial and error? Oh yeah, I had several. Um, first is coach Mike Byer, if you know. Uh, if you know him, he's, he's a wonderful person. Actually, uh, he has this, uh, uh, he, he was originally coach for uh, people who, who were sports, in sports and et cetera, et cetera. But he's really not a good coaching uh, individuals and entrepreneurs. And the second is Craig Lack, uh, who coached me kind of, he's an insurance guy mm -hmm. and we still have great communication. Um, I figured that uh, you need to find the coach who's uh, actually good with you in terms of energy. Mm. And uh, he, he's actually good. And I figured that he has two very successful sons. So I saw the result. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this guy is going to teach me something. And I, I was listening to every single thing that uh, he said. And actually, one of the things I want to share is if you want to be successful, do what unsuccessful people refuse to do. Mm -hmm. And this is thing that I repeat myself, I swear every single day when I feel procrastinated, when I feel down or anything else, I, I'm thinking, what would unsuccessful people do? They would probably, you know, lay down, have a beer, uh, watch a TV series. And I, it, I don't know where the energy comes from, but I stand up and I'm taking the stand uh, in terms of my life and everything. This phrase, I don't know, it, it works miracles with me. And I don't know what would happen to my life if I didn't meet this person. So uh, having mentors is so important. And who's your mentor, Tyler? Great question. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. I would probably say, you know, I have a lot, but for different reasons, you know, um, I would say immediately that I can, you know, talk to every day on, on a whim's notice, my father-in-law, my, my wife's father has been um, serial entrepreneur, and he's someone that is really present with his family and created a life that I really respect for his family and that I've, I, I grew up very differently than my wife, but watching the way that her values are are different than mine to some extent we've created our own family values uh, but he's just been um, a guy that's been a real inspiration that i can touch and see tangibly right and it's someone who's mm -hmm. created generational wealth and, and made a lot of money um, but also as a great father very present husband him and his wife been together 37 years you know so things mm -hmm. i i deeply admire and, and respect um i would say also grant cardone um, from afar, someone I've never met, but I've been to the boot camps. I've done the, the growth cons the last three years. I've read all of his books. Um, and so that's someone that I, like, I'd see myself that like I have a lot of uh, qualities as far as our story. He's a very good storyteller, right? About his upbringing in Lake Charles coming from uh, lower middle class and his father dying and a lot of, so a lot of parallels that I can relate to. Uh, and then my, also my parents, um, you know, I'd say specifically my, my mother, uh, my dad for a lot of different reasons, but my mom was somebody who um, had me at 19, um, had addiction problems and um, 
and, and so did my father and overcame them. And she had this dream of becoming a nurse. And I graduated high school when I was my age. I just turned 37 last week. And my mom went back to school at 38 to fulfill her dream of becoming a nurse. And I saw her for 10 years take night classes and never lost sight of her dream and her vision. And eventually went on to become a nurse. Then she went back to school, got her BS, then went back to school and got her master's. And then eventually put herself and became a nurse practitioner. Just never, just never gave up um, while having three kids, you know, working full time. And um, she works out every day. She's a Reiki master, you know, doing, uh, she's a sponsor for other people that are in recovery. So just, you know, someone is like, maybe not my dream, not my vision, but someone who had a vision, had a dream, overcame a lot of really hardships and saw it through. Oh my God, that's beautiful. No excuses, right? Your, your mother 100%. didn't have any excuses. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is, this is very powerful and personal stories, um, like that, and you envisioned that, you, you saw that happening. So I can imagine that what kind of influence did it have on your life? So that's beautiful. That's what people should know about you as well. Yeah, I know. I should, I should talk about because I'm so, I'm so proud of my mom. And, and, and there's a lot, there's a lot of other people. My aunt also, some, someone never graduated high school, my mom's sister overcame some, some of her own trials and tribulations through her, uh, her 20s and went on to grow two multi-million dollar businesses, never went to college no one ever helped her, you know? Um, and, and so there's, there's been a lot of those people in my life that have shown me that through hard work, dedication, networking, and just doing the right thing and believing in yourself, most important, all doors are open. It's whether or not yeah. you choose to walk through them. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you for asking Margo. You got me to open up. See, and I'm telling well, my Actually chills. I have chills now. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it was a beautiful story. Yeah, I mean, this, this kind of things, actually, um, why they're powerful, I, I, and I can tell that. I also have very, very strong mother and aunt. And uh, so hearing the story actually made me kind of, you know, mm, although we had this basically connection before because we're the same energy and stuff like that, but at the same time, this story, it brings up this empathy feeling and this already has nothing to do with your uh sphere but at the same time the same thing happens in your uh readers um you know hearts when they go through this but there is a very you know um, lots of people share their uh stories and we can see that every single day some stories that are not relevant at all but there should be the right way to share the story mm. uh listen to your prospect and give him uh what you know one or several of their thoughts before they listen to your story so what we see here and there every single time is we subscribe to some list and by the way those who listen if you have the list like big list of people i can tell you that lots of times people give you your spam uh, their spam email every one of us has the spam email for the cases when we want to download some stuff and we're not sure in the person who is <laughs> sending you know, who's going to send that yeah so, no you're right <laughs> you know 
every everyone has it it's free so i have several by the way so uh the most challenging is uh jumping out of that spam email into your into their main email because we often resubscribe right uh with our main email if we find the message relevant but what people usually do is they start telling their stories and all the stuff in those first emails and we we go like oh why should i care about your mm. story and without without bringing any value without uh, making believe that they understand us they're throwing the bunch of information because some marketers told them that the highest interaction in the, is in the first several days no it's not um and if you're not consistent in your message uh, and if you if you don't care in the first several days what what their thoughts are and then in this case uh, they will not just give you their real email address you will just be in the spam folder and that's pretty much it so you as a company should tell that story but only after you give them their thoughts you totally see? agree yeah absolutely yeah you try to meet them where they're at and then your story becomes a lot more relevant and they're able to buy into your, to, into your brand and have, have some type of loyalty. Now, Margo, I love what you're doing. I think that uh, it, people would be crazy not to want to work with you. I know you've got a six month Thank waiting, you. a six month waiting list, but, <laughs> but in the event that somebody wants to work with you or connect with you, where can they do that? Well, LinkedIn, uh, the easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn uh, and financialintelligent.com website that will be switched uh, in a couple of days but um, you can just arrange a call there uh, and if you fit the list uh, my criteria uh, dear listeners uh, then we'll be able to work together but on my LinkedIn I often share all the free stuff and ideas and I'm more than happy to share them because the only thing that uh, costs money is a work with me but the ideas are free if you're uh, happy to do them on on your own so go ahead, just sign up and follow and you will get lots of valuable stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I will post all of uh, Margot's contact and website information in the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, they'll be in the notes down there. So you can scroll down, click, uh, give her a follow on LinkedIn, connect with her, um, read the content. But I would behoove you if you're in any type of vertical that to make sure that you have your story and your branding consistent across all platforms and your messaging is on point. And like she said, making sure you're meeting people where they're at and she'd be a great person to help you do that. Um, Margo, thank you very much for joining me. Do thank you have any you. party, any parting words? No, I just want to thank you so much. And I want to encourage people who are doing business. You guys are on the other side of the fear. You're warriors. And just put your content out there in the way that others would see you the way you see yourself. Perfect. Perfectly said. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on. Thank you, Tizer.